Today we're joined by Jexpler who creates 3D GFX art, performs the occasional speed build and helps to run the group Roblox fame. As always, my name's Bantek and I'll be your host for this episode. It's time to travel beyond the blocks. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Blocks, the podcast all about the Roblox platform and game development. On this episode, we're joined by Jexpler, and I'll let him give us a quick rundown on his background on Roblox. Hey, I'm Jexpler. I'm a graphic design artist, and I've been on Roblox for about seven years now. What brought you to Roblox to start with? Well, when I first started, I was just, you know, playing games and stuff. Uh, it was actually my brother's friend got him into it, and then I was like, hey, I want to do this too. And so we all like joined with the same like string of usernames. It was like explosion, then three numbers afterwards. And uh, I was just I was playing for a while until I kind of started getting like into the group world, which kind of brought me here to developing. Mm-hmm. What got you into graphic design then, or sort of GFX renders and things? What well, I always thought it was cool when people just went from you know screenshots of their games to actually trying to make it look cool. Like, hey, this is this game looks cool. Obviously, that's not what it's going to look like. But I've you know take the time to make this cool thumbnail or a cool ad and I just I just liked it for a while until um I think I joined like a discord server for graphic design people just to kind of see what the community was like and then some I don't remember his name but he kind of took me under his wing kind of showed me like the ins and outs of it before I started doing it for like commissions and for other people Mm-hmm. that's cool do you just do that on Roblox or is that something that you do outside of Roblox as well I've always tried, I've, I've tried to get into like 3D modeling stuff. Mostly I would try to like to do that in Roblox as well, but I've, the ones I've done have just been kind of random stuff that I just thought was kind of cool, like I mean, like the Batman symbol ones. But for most GFX, it's, yeah, it's all pretty much in Roblox, Roblox renders and stuff like that. Okay, cool. I suppose the, the sort of the techniques that you learn from it could possibly be used on other things too, because I assume you use Blender or Cinema 4D for that. Yeah, because you're, if you're doing that, you're learning how the, you know, the ins and outs of the program, how that works. And one of my favorite uh, projects I worked on, which I just did for myself, uh, kind of helped me learn a bit, um, some interesting stuff that could definitely be applied to other things. Like I did some grass. Uh, I did an interesting weird cape thing, which helped me learn about like the cloth modifier. Mm-hmm. Um, and some interesting material stuff. I went up picking like a lightsaber for it. Okay, cool. I always get super interested by those kind of things because they do look sometimes really realistic, but obviously the simplifications behind it and a bit of trickery with lighting and textures and stuff. So uh, other than just GFX on Roblox, um, have you actually developed much uh, in terms of games, programming, building, that sort of stuff? I've, tr- I've done a few. I, I, I know a little bit of Lua that I've taught myself um, just from like YouTube videos and stuff. And I've done like a few like small projects, nothing really game worth. Uh, there's, there's only about two really actually good games, which are one that's called uh, The Brick and SCP-970. Mm-hmm. Uh, SCP-970, for anybody who knows how the SCP genre works, is an endless hallway. So my thought there was, how can we make an endless hallway without literally making the hallway endless? Because you can't make a hallway go on forever. And it seems to other projects where it was every time you go through a door, it just adds another segment onto the hallway. Eventually, that would just cause a bunch of lag if we went for long enough, because just so many parts and the game needing to render a bunch of stuff. So I thought, what if I just get to the end of the hallway? Teleports you back. The issue is, if you teleport a player, it kind of stutters. You can tell that something, like, you're, it's not, it doesn't look 
really that smooth. Mm -hmm. So instead, I decided I'll just move the hallway forward, which since it's not modifying the character, it looks smooth and it looks like it's just one endless hallway that just keeps on going. And there are a few issues with that. Um, however, because if you were to get a far enough from the world origin, you would end up causing just lag from just in general. Like anyone who's ever played a, like on a game that has like a really, really big map, sometimes you might spawn like really far away from the world origin and everything just kind of looks shaky. Everything kind of stutters a bit and it's like wobbly and it doesn't really look that great and it causes some unnecessary lag. Definitely like we've got a big game, um, Stepford County Railway, which is a train game. And um, the map for that is pretty big and, and getting bigger each time we update it. And so for that one, again, when you get to the very edges of the map, you've got these sort of, they're floating point errors, I think. Um, and just the maths, uh, robots trying to solve maths that far away from the origin, it can't do small little decimals and things. So yeah, just, it's, uh, it's not great. You kind of want to stick to the middle of the map if possible. So I can see how that would be a problem. But what sort of inspired you to make that game? It seems sort of a bit of a random thing to just create. Well, I've always loved like the SCP genre because I always thought it's really cool because everything on there, every SCP is written by just like a fan or someone from the, that just read one like, hey, I want to make one too. So I, they just did and they went ahead and did that. And so um, and I've, I've tried to write a few SCPs um, that didn't really succeed. I'd really been into a specific Roblox group. It had about 13,000 members. Uh, I even became a developer in it, which I was definitely way underqualified. But um, after I left that, I really thought, hey, I just kind of want to make an SCP to script one. I just thought it'd be kind of fun. And I wasn't sure which one I would want to do because a bunch of the more like classic ones had already been done. Um, and I thought I want someone that's a bit simple and I don't want to do one that's like a person or a thing that, you know, walks, moves. I just want it to be just like an anomalous object. And I'd really like the endless hallway idea. I thought it'd be kind of not too complicated. The script would just be a fun project. Yeah, yeah, that sounds quite cool. You should do a you should do a little Halloween update for it to make it creepy. Well, bet you that'd be fun. Pumpkins or something in there. So, um, I assume that project required a little bit of uh, lure knowledge, and you said you knew a little bit as well. So, are you sort of actively learning to script, or was that just a few little bits you picked up along the way? Well, I started trying to learn Lua a few years ago. I just thought it'd be fun because I'd seen a lot of games. I thought I want to make one too. Um, and as I said, I'd been doing using like YouTube videos and stuff. And well, my Lua knowledge is, is pretty good. Um, it's mostly like the advanced like techniques, like really specific stuff, um, algorithms, and just some of the more com complex logic that I struggle with, which is why something like that wasn't too hard because it's mostly just moving positions, events, stuff like that. Okay, what was your take on sort of the, the process of learning to script? Is it easy? Is it hard? What sort of things did you find that helped you? Well, I'm a fast learner, so um, a lot of things just kind of naturally come easy to me, especially a lot of math stuff. Um, I've always been really good at like, math and just different subjects for that in school. Um, and so I w wanted to start learning it, and I already knew just like a little bit just from like random videos I just watched on people making scripts. Um, just stuff I got from it, like how properties work, and just kind of the more self-explanatory stuff. And then I started watching a series from my YouTube channel called Peace Factory. Um, he's been criticized by a few people I know just because it's a lot, it's kind of outdated. It's not super, like if you were an advanced scripter and you went back and watched them, you think this is not really quite right. Mm -hmm. However, for someone that's simple, for someone like me who can kind of just, is good at like interpreting information, I was able to kind of separate and figure out like what he was saying without, you know, taking correct information. And um, and kind of sorting out all the depreciated stuff just from experience. Okay, that's cool. So tell me about that other game then, The Brick. 
Uh, that was when I just wanted to make something stupid. Well, it started out as me trying to, I was experimenting around with the clone function. This is when I wasn't really, I just knew kind of basic stuff like, if once something gets touched, do this. So and I was trying to learn a bit more, not, it, was, it was not really an advanced thing, just a bit more, less of the super, super basic uh, need-to-know stuff, and more like if you actually want to do something in the game, because obviously the clone function can be very important in a lot of stuff. So I was like, hey, I'm going to click this brick. I want it to duplicate, and then you have two bricks. They'll just be like the standard you know, partly spawn in that's like four by two by one or something. And so eventually I thought, hey, this is fun. And now I understand the clone function works. What if I made it try to crash your computer? So the way it works is you spawn in the game and all there is is a brick. And you click the brick, and then every point one ticks, it would duplicate. And then the duplicate, the duplicated brick would have a random size from I think like zero or one by one by one to 10 by 10 by 10. For each, so it could be like 3 by 10 by 4. And then we'd have a random color. And just every point, and then it would also have that same loop. So every point when it takes every part would duplicate it with a random uh, position, and, or not position, a size and color. And uh, I can never get to crash my computer. I don't know why. I think it's just because as the game lags, um, tick speed obviously is not directly linked to seconds. So uh, ticks become really, really long. So essentially the game just kind of stops doing its thing and doesn't keep, you know, duplicating bricks. Mm -hmm. And, but then recently I changed it where now, uh, we spawned a box because I discovered that if you don't, if I don't spawn the person in a giant box that's protected, they will, um, they get hit by one of the parts. Um, I'll explain why in a second, but you get, it hits you so far, you get teleported tens of thousands of studs away from the world origin, which, as we you know established earlier, really messes up your character and stuff. And you and I ended up falling. Like I, I kept falling, and after about three minutes, I still hadn't reached the point in which your character dies from just being so low in the world. So I made it a box because what it does is now I was messing around with I think it's body position, where essentially the part just try as long as it's unanchored, it just tries to drift towards that position. So when I set the things like thousands, so it just just rams all the parts into each other. That's really interesting because although it sort of sounds like a stupid idea, it's pretty good to mess about with those sort of tech demos and just play about with different functions, test them to the limits. Um, I think that's how you sort of learn not necessarily lots of scripting, but sort of a very specific kind of how scripting behaves, how optimization works, and uh, ultimately what not to do in your game. <laughs> so uh, that's just very interesting. Yeah, some of my favorite games are just sort of stupid ideas. Not stupid, and they're awesome. I like that game Rockefeller Street where you just start dancing to that song. Yeah, exactly. And then there's that weird one where every like, it's random, a guy spawns in. Not, I don't even know if it's a guy. I think it's just legs and a head. And he's just white and he has the chill face on. And he just keeps saying, still chill. And if you touch him, you get an achievement or a badge. Yeah, exactly. Well, those little things, they're sometimes just fun to just play about with. And um, yeah, they just teach you some little bits. So we can now talk about the group that you helped manage, Roblox Fame. Just tell us a little bit of background about that. Uh, it was about two years ago. Um, I applied for like a was the head assistant position of the group um, because he said it got a bit inactive. You need someone to help sort out all the ranks and help you know get people to the proper rank that they're supposed to be in based on their place visits and whatnot. And I just applied, just thinking, yeah, whatever. I'll probably not get it. I just it'd be fun to apply. And then about a few weeks later, I remember this because I was on the way to. I was watching. Was it a Star Wars movie? I don't remember, but it was some movie. And I remember I was in the car, 
and I just looked at my phone. I wasn't driving, so I wasn't texting and driving. But uh, I looked at my phone, he got a message, and he uh, was like, I'm after some consideration, I've chosen you. And then I he paid for me to get a name change, because my username back then was Explosion101010, which isn't a super great name. So that's when I changed it to Jexplor. And, uh, and I started moderating the group, and I wasn't a super great moderator for a while. I was a little too inactive, because there were like thousands of, was it thousands? Yeah, like I think three, four thousand people that needed to be ranked. And then at a point, one of the other moderators became active again, and he ranked everybody. Then he became inactive again. And then a few months ago, I decided to just wrangle like 2,000 people, which took a few weeks. But I'm trying to get the group to be a bit more active. So I made a Discord server, and I'm just trying to get uh, just less of just a group that people hold ranks into more of like a community where people can communicate and just talk about different like development or like, trading. Because there are a few ranks, there are like two ranks for um, for people with certain limited values. But yeah, I just want it to turn into a bit more of what it was designed to be rather than just, hey, join the group, because why not? Cool, yeah, because at the moment there's, um, I think it was 13,000-ish members, um, and as you say, sort of at the moment it's just useful for maybe tracking your progress in terms of uh, the number of place visits you have, that's what it sort of means by fame. Um, so that'd be really, really cool if you added a bit more and uh, turned it into sort of a community-based uh, functioning group. So uh, one of the things that I was um, really interested in when I found it was your YouTube channel and uh, some of the things you do on there. So you sometimes do uh, like speed arts, like speed GFX, those sorts of things, um, which is really interesting. So what was sort of the motivation behind recording that and putting it up? Well, I'd always wanted to have a YouTube channel for something. Like when I started out, this was, was this before? I don't even know if this might have been before I had Roblox. Or I think it was maybe around the time I got it, like 2012. Uh, the first things I did were like Minecraft videos. It was like Minecraft survival games and stuff like that. Just because that was what I was doing at the time. A lot of stuff just kind of for fun. But then over time I started like changing the focus a little bit. And I was really trying to become like a gameplay channel for Roblox. Um, however, there are already a lot of those. And uh, a lot of those are like, I guess like characters where they're like overly energetic and like, I guess like kids channels like oriented towards like it's mm -hmm. just kind of it's not really what I really wanted to do I didn't want to you know like be like a, a kids actor essentially like an actor you know for like kids entertainment uh, for like you know 10 year olds uh, I want to do a bit more not intellectual stuff but stuff for you know slightly older like teenage audiences you know maybe I don't know literally some young adults who are just like developers in Roblox that kind of thing um so I started doing maybe like I did I, th I don't remember if I did a speed build or a speed no, the first ones I did were they were speed drawings, where I my, so I don't know if guys, anyone has it, you guys have ever seen it, but it's a it's a it's my profile picture, and it's got like it's my head without a mouth, and then it looks like it's kind of like two D drawn, and then it has a background like a weird shadow thing. Um, I think Oblivious HD he I don't know if he still has it, but he had that like something like that as his for a while, and I did one for mine. I was like, this is fun because I looked up how to do it, and so I did it um, for a few of my friends' avatars. And uh, a few of them did pretty good. One of them got about 300 views. And so I've done a few of those. I did one of like a full character, not just the head. That one was kind of fun. Um, but then I started moving into, I want to do some more like speed building because I, I do like building. Um, I'm a better builder than I always thought I was because it just, I always have a hard time thinking of like what to build or like what it should look like. So I did, so I did one based off of a picture, which really helped because it, I could see what I was supposed to build. 
So I did that, and that one it didn't do as good as I was hoping it, was, it would do, but I really enjoyed making it. So, and then I did uh, a speed, like I did a speed GFX one of the Senate Guard from Star Wars, and I also really enjoyed those ones. So I really enjoy making the speed builds and the speed arts and or speed GFX that kind of thing because it's I'm just I don't even have to narrate. I just do what I like to do, and I just speed it up and post it. Yeah, it's pretty cool to watch as well. So I suppose now I sort of wanted to ask, out of everything, uh, you know, your GFX, a couple of builds you've done, the games, what's sort of the thing that you're most proud of or um, that you think you did the best on? Well, I'm really proud of my GFX because um, I feel like that's something that's really come a long way that I've always, because when I started scripting, I was just kind of not really good. But GFX is something that I've kind of, since I started doing, I was always at least decent at it. Obviously, there was that learning period of what do I do and what don't I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was mostly with like the after stuff. Like uh, something one of my person told me is what I was doing for some of my f- first ones is I was so obviously you, first you position your characters and you render it and then you go into something like Photoshop or Paint.net. You do editing and usually you do some kind of like particle overlay or like a lens flare on the corner. But what I was doing is essentially you could see the character's feet, which apparently is a bit which well, I know now, but I didn't know back then is a big no no unless you actually have a physical floor that you rendered in. Because then, even though sometimes you could position the background to look like they're standing on something, if, if you know like if you know what you're talking about, I mean, you, it's obvious, I mean, they're floating. And floating doesn't really look that good. But the one I'm definitely most proud of was the one I was saying earlier with the lightsaber and the grass and the cape, because it's something that I kind of want to make a series on. Maybe, maybe not for YouTube, just kind of a series for myself, I guess, which would just be me in random um, situations. So that one was me as like a chancellor. I'm thinking maybe me and like, I don't know, as, as an M, or as a mobile task force person for the SCP genre or just kind of putting my avatar in just random situations. What's sort of the process behind going about planning one of those then? Do you just sort of uh, wake up one day with a random idea and just go for it and see what happens or do you kind of plan it out? So all, most of my stuff that I've done has been like I someone's like, hey, will you make this for me? I'll pay you, you know, X amount of Robux. Um, and obviously, a lot of times they give me specifics of what they want. And that always helps because, you know, they're telling me what they want. And then obviously I have a little bit of creative liberty with it because they don't say, hey, I want this character to be this specific with this specific background with this exact text in this position with this font. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it really depends because a lot of stuff I've done is ads. Um, ads were, are always really big on like the group recruiting plaza discord because most people there are like, people who are trying to start up groups um so i do a lot of like group ads and stuff i've done a few group logos however the thing is so there are three types of ads for anyone who knows anything about advertisements there are the skyscrapers which are the ones that are really tall but really thin banners which are really wide but really short and then there's square which are square and uh something that i was told by that guy that kind of took me under his wing was that you always want to do skyscrapers skyscrapers are always the best type of ads because they appear most on roblox and, you, and they give you the best amount of room to play around with. Except for maybe Square. Square does kind of give you some more, but I think they changed where Square ads get placed. I think they hid the squares off the games page, wasn't it? Or something like that? Or something weird, they put like the bottom or something. Like you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the seam or something weird like that. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just Square. That's the only place where ads appear. And skyscraper and banner ads appear like on the group page, development page, home page. When you, when you go to roblox.com, you're always going to see two skyscraper ads so it's really good for placement because uh, a lot of people are going to go into like a recent game or a game they favorited and you're not going to see a square ad unless you're browsing the games page 
And in that case, you're probably going to want to be looking for a specific game or you're looking for something to play, not like a group to join. Mm-hmm. And then there's banner ads. Banner ads don't give you a lot of room to play with because, well, if you want to put a, char- a per- you know, a player, a character, a person, whatever, they're taller than they are wider. And then you, end up cro- you pretty much can only fit their head unless you make them really, really tiny. If they make them really, really tiny, it just looks really bad. So that's why skyscraper ads are really good. Um, the only issue is you kind of don't have a lot of room to mess with positioning because you can't you can't really see their arms. You can see like a little bit of the arm, and that's about it. So some of it is kind of like a formula, just kind of thinking I'm going to put someone in the middle of this ad, um, and then I'm going to put text here with some overlay stuff. Um, but that's really mostly with skyscrapers because you don't have a ton of you know extra stuff that's unique to your ad. Uh, the Really, the most unique part is just how you render or the lighting setup or the character you use. And there's kind of just like a bunch. If you get a bunch of things that are common, then put them in a, just a, a unique uh, combination to make it look different. Um, but then obviously the what you have the most um, that creative ability with are, I don't think they're thumbnails, but it's it's the big 1920 by 1080 uh, thing that you see when you actually click on a game because that's you know it's the size of a desk of your of, a, of the average monitor it's something you can put like on the it's the size of your computer screen so and you you can you have enough to make like an entire scene because you can put people and it's still not weird like a banner where you don't have any height you have height and length which is really good because you have room to play with you don't have to worry about cutting off someone's arm or someone's head I've done a few as commissions. I did one for a group. Uh, I did one for a game. However, other than that, um, the, well, really the, the only other one I've done was that one I did for myself with the uh, the grass and me as a chan- the chancellor and uh, Star Wars and stuff. Because, uh, you know, if I just want to do something for myself, I just want to do just like the average standard, you know, aspect ratio size and stuff like that. Do you find these adverts, um, or rather find these jobs and apply to them, or do you sort of put yourself out there with a portfolio and and uh, people contact you? I'm a little less active than I used to be. I used to be really big, and uh, like I really want to do GFX. It's good because, you know, moneymaker, so I can either put up advertisements for like a group I'd, I might have owned at the time. Uh, and I was using, uh, as I said earlier, the group of Grinning Plaza uh, Discord server, because they have a services page, which is like for if you want to, Hire somebody, or you want to be hired, you can do that. And most people there, you know, you, they want like ads and stuff. And obviously now I'm a, or not obviously, but now I'm a member of the, uh, or a new member of the Dev Forum, mm-hmm. which is obviously that's a bit more like not important, but you get like a lot of like recurring developers and like people who are actually making proper games with proper funding and a team that's most likely going to succeed. And obviously there, that it's a bit more competitive for a. Uh, for jobs because you're dealing with other developers who really know what they're doing, probably graphic designers who are better than me. Because um, you've seen, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, you know, people who have actually done like graphic design or animation or 3D modeling as like a college course, and they can just apply all those skills to GFX Robux because comparatively to that, it just, it's a cakewalk pretty much because um, you only have to do like a fraction of the stuff. But um, I've done... See, I don't think I've done... I haven't done any stuff on the dev form yet. I'm planning on trying to get myself out there, but I just want to build a bit more of a modern portfolio with a bit more of stuff that's on my current skill level. So a lot of my stuff is some of the older things I did. Um, 
but I'm working on the only thing I'm working on right now is for a SCP group. It was a guy who just kind of approached me because I've known him for a while, and I'm working on some group. Uh, it's for his game, so it's like thumbnails and logo or thumbnails. So the square thumbnails when you see the game, like on the game page, and then the big, you know, 1920 1080 stuff, which is I enjoy that because that means I have a lot of room to work with. Well, that's all we've got for you today. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow the podcast to make sure you don't miss any of our future installments. And why not get involved in the podcast by leaving us a voice message? I'll listen to it in a future episode and answer any questions. Use the Anchor app or find instructions to submit a clip manually on the Bantech Systems website. Thank you to our guest Jexworth for joining me today. You can, of course, find them on Roblox where you'll be able to find links through to their social media profiles. Be sure to fill out the guest application if you'd like to feature on a future episode. You can find it at bantech.systems forward slash btb guest. Beyond the Box is brought to you by Bantech Systems, a development studio creating interactive game systems and solutions on Roblox. Find Bantech's profile on Roblox and click through to the Bantech Systems group for more information. Don't forget you can listen to any episode of Beyond the Blocks on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and many other popular listening platforms. You'll also find it on the Bantech Systems YouTube channel. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of Beyond the Blocks.